to begin uh, looking at unthankfulness and note that it is the antecedent of depravity. Unthankfulness is the antecedent of depravity. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, begin reading in verse 20. His invisible attributes, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly seen ever since the creation of the world, being understood through the things that have been made. So people are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or give him thanks. Instead, their thinking became futile. Their senseless hearts were made dark. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. What is the root of evil? How did Satan bring in to the world, this foolishness. Hmm. So what is the root of evil? Yes, the love of money in 1 Timothy 6.10. But does that issue grow deeper? Is, is there, what, what is the root of the love of money? What, what gives the love of money life? How is that plant watered? Yeah, greed, the fear of loss. That's right, the fear of loss, greed, the grasping, the clinging to what might be lost, even to the loss of life itself. Turn with me to Philippians 2. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. They're all small there so that you have to, if you turn two pages, you've probably turned two books. Philippians 2. Paul says, have this attitude in yourselves, verse 5, which also was in Jesus Christ, who Though existing in the form of God, did not consider being equal to God a thing to be grasped or to cling to. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, becoming the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. We find that Jesus did not consider being equal to God a thing to, be, to cling to. But he, he humbled himself. He, he became obedient, even to the point of death on a cross. Jesus let go of his power, his omnipotence, omnipotence, his omniscience, all-knowing. 
and his omnipresence to be present all places at one time. He gave that up. He laid it aside. He didn't, he didn't have to, to, to cling to that, but he let go. He let go. In order to save us, he let go, to taste death for every man, Hebrews tells us. Jesus is the prime example of resisting the very root of evil because he emptied himself. And so tonight we're going to talk about thankfulness. What's it mean to be thankful? What, what inner beliefs, what values, what attitudes... What does it take to have a life characterized by thankfulness? Can we be thankful without certain beliefs and values and attitudes? Let's look at the Scriptures. First of all, turn with me to Psalm 100, verse 4. Psalm 100, verse Verse 4. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. That, that psalm that, that, that says... Uh, to praise him means to be open-handed. That word, yada, in the Hebrew, literally means to let go, to throw away, to not be grasping, but to open our hands, to be thankful to be open-handed. Uh, think about it when you praise the Lord. Yeah, you don't praise the Lord like this, do you? <laughs> no, you praise the Lord with, with open hands. With open hands. And, 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 and we raise our hands in praise. To be thankful is to relinquish our hold, our control, to acknowledge that all things are of God and eternally under His sovereign control. We just use them for a while. I was, I was walking in a, in a cemetery in St. George's, Grenada, and uh, reading the tombstones. It was an old cemetery. And on one tombstone, it, it, it grasped my, my attention. It said, God gives us love. Someone to love, he lends us. Someone to love, he lends us. We can't even cling to our loved ones. <laughs> They're the Lord's. We, we, are, uh, we are stewards, not owners. Uh, Pastor Joe uh, illustrated that 
uh, he, he, said, he said, yes, uh, ownership, stewardship. Ownership, stewardship. We, we release when we are stewards. We, what, what did they say in the book of Acts uh, about the early church? They didn't consider anything they had to be their own. They had all things in common. They were thankful people. And, and th this, so this, this characteristic of thankfulness is, is, is all about being able to understand that, that we, it's, it's not ours. We don't own it. Uh, we only use it. We only use it. Yada. Thankful. Open-handed. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Now, that's really our primary scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5 because that's where we are, we are going if you've been following us in, 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 our, uh, uh, in, in our study. Uh, we're talking about the coming of Christ, the fact that, that his, his coming is soon, even right at the door. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, and verse 18 is, is where we are now, and it says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In everything give thanks. We, we are to have a thankful heart as we are waiting for his return, as we are looking forward to the rapture of the church, we're to have a thankful heart, and that means to be open-handed. That means not to grasp anything, not to grasp any person, not to grasp any place. We are pilgrims and wanderers. We, we are, are kingdom dwellers, not citizens of the United States only. And, you know, I'm a patriotic guy. I spent... 26 years wearing a uniform. But you know, uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's not that we are citizens of the world, like the world wants to tell us, like, like it's taught in our schools where, where we're citizens of the world. No, not if we're Christians. We're citizens of the kingdom. We are, we are living in the kingdom of God. When we asked Jesus to be our Savior, we stepped out of this world and we stepped into the presence of God and we walk in his kingdom. And in his kingdom, uh, there are some big differences. Back to Romans chapter 1. They became fools. This is the opposite of thankfulness. This, this thinking, uh, their own wisdom, their own cunning, had brought them the blessing. And that's not true. That's not true. All that we have, all good gifts uh, come from the Father of lights with whom there is no shadow of turning, James says. We, we are gifted. Uh, I, I remind David all the time that, that he can't brag about his good looks. That was a gift from God. None of us can brag about our 
with strength. All of this is given. And, you know, <laughs> I remember people were complaining about wearing a, a second chance vest when I was with the sheriff's office. And I looked at the sheriff one day and I says, hey, I think this is pretty good. I said, give me a chance because I never had one of them before. You see, we can't brag about any of that because they're gifts. Some of us have it, some of us don't. But you know, one thing is, is ours. It's intrinsically ours. And that's our will. We can choose. We can choose. And, and worship is choosing to let go. Thankfulness is choosing to let go. I, I think it's wonderful. You, you, you remember what happened to Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar was king of Babylon. And Daniel had this vision. And, and, uh, uh, or, or Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and, 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 and he told it to Daniel. And, and, and Daniel said, oh, oh. Well, he did. He said, the dream's about you. And, and you're going to go crazy for seven years. You're going to go stark raving mad. And you're going to eat grass like a donkey. And, 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 and you're going to refuse to go inside out of the rain. Seven years. And he said, so I, I advise you, uh, let go. Then one night he's out walking on his veranda and he said, this is just Babylon, the great city that I have made for my glory. And the Lord spoke to him and said, that's it, man. You're out of here. Seven years. You're crazy. Now, God miraculously kept his king. And for seven years, they, they kept it going. And after seven years, trimmed his hair and, and, and began to live inside again and sleep in a bed and eat food at the table. And, and then he said, now I know. Now I know. I know that the living God, the most high, rules. Wow. Thankfulness. You see, people become fools when they think that they are the end-all and be-all. It's foolishness. Romans 1.21 tells us that not to give him thanks is the beginning of the downward spiral, just like the toilet that flushes the refuse into the drain forever. That's what happens when people 
choose to grasp and cling to and not release and be thankful. So let us consider these beliefs, these values, and these attitudes that we need in order to be thankful. Stop a moment and gather your thoughts. What can someone have a good belief system and still be unthankful? I've seen it. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about our belief system. We, we, we believe certain things. We believe in sola scriptura. The Bible alone. That's our basis. That's, that's, that's a strong belief. It's good. We believe in salvation by faith. For by faith you're saved. For by grace you're saved by faith. And it's not... Uh, it's a gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast, in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, supernatural power in Acts chapter 2, two and verse 4. You, or Acts 1 of 8, you, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And, and we believe in the spiritual gifts uh, in 1 Corinthians and 12 and 14 and Romans. Uh, we, we, we believe in this. We believe in the blessed hope that Jesus Christ is coming again. We believe that there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8. We believe in the freedom in Christ. If Christ has set you free, you're free indeed. We believe in the joy of the Lord in Nehemiah. The joy of the Lord is my strength. We believe these things. If we believe these things, how is it? that we can fear. How, how, can, how can we grasp at life and cling to it if we believe in the blessed hope? How can, how can we cling to our stuff? How can we do it? How can, how can we walk around with closed fist portraying unthankfulness and yet sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. So it takes more than a good belief system. Would you agree? To be thankful. It takes more than, than, than believing. Christians, believers can and do grasp the stuff of the world. And it results in a fearful hoarding rather than a thankful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. What's wrong with you, Sam? <laughs> Not me.
So we can have a good belief system, but we can still fall into this unthankfulness piece. So let's talk about our values. Our values. You've heard so much from me about values. You're probably sick of hearing it. But you know, the, the bottom line is that the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, the, the, the values of this world, uh, many Christians embrace the values of this world uh, rather than the values of the kingdom. And, and so when they receive blessings from God, they don't recognize them as blessings. I, I think what Stan said is really important because the, the Bible says that he who gets a wife gets a good thing. I agree. I agree. Uh, the most valuable gift that the Lord has given me outside of salvation is my wife. Wonderful. And yet, <clears throat> sometimes people begin to look at other people as objects rather than subjects. And they begin to compare their object with someone else's object. And so I've got truck that I don't really like. But you know, I go to a car show and here this guy's got a 1950 Ford guitar. And I begin to compare my gives us people and we begin to look at them as objects and compare them with other objects and then we may not be thankful. Values. Godly values versus worldly values. Is it possible is it possible to have a good belief system and a good value system and still not be things are very foundational. Our belief system and our value system. If, if we value what he values, and if we believe the scriptures, um, what else?
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether I got ahead of myself or not, but let's look at Colossians 2, 16 through 23. Colossians 2, 16 through 23. Because as I look at my notes right now, I can't tell which, which place it falls in, but either way, it'll, it'll get there. Colossians 2, 16 through 23. think that's this this still fits under values Paul says this therefore do not let anyone pass judgment on you in matters of food or drink or in respect to a festival or new moon or Sabbath these are a foreshadowing of things to come but the reality is Christ let no one disqualify you by insisting on false humility and worship of angels, going into detail about what he has seen, puffed up without cause by his fleshly mind. He is not holding fast to the head. It is from him that the whole body, nourished and held together by its joints and tendons, grows with a godly increase if you died with christ to the basic principles of the world why as though living in the world you do not do you subject yourselves to their rules don't handle don't taste don't touch these all lead to decay with use based as they are on man-made commands and teachings indeed these are matters that have an appearance of wisdom in self-made religion and humility and self-denial of the body, yet none are of any value for stopping indulgence of the flesh. So he talks about food, drink, new moon, Sabbaths, and he says these are just a foreshadowing. They're just a schoolmaster, as Galatians 3 tells us, to lead us to Christ. This, this false humility... As, as if we could control being puffed up in our thinking and the world's values are not worth pursuing and that they make one wealthy. Uh, the world's values, again, this love of money, uh, 
this, this holding fast to the head, that's the key. That's the godly value. Holding fast to the head. Who's the head? Christ. The, the crux of the matter. To pursue anything, to value anything more than Jesus Christ is absolute folly. It's false value. And so Christians can, can get involved in man-made stuff and not value God-created things. And, and, and Paul says here, none of these are of any value for stopping indulgence of the flesh. This means that grasping or valuing any worldliness is to be unthankful because it's placing value, eternal value, on something God calls dung. This, this whole, I, I guess the, the example I'd like to, to use is about churches. Christians and churches. Have, have, have you ever heard Christians talk about how their church is the best and the greatest? And how you got to come to my church. It's my church. And my pastor. And, and my church sits on the corner of walk and don't walk. And, 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 it's, and, and it's a great building. And, and we've got a great program. And it's my church. And, and there's nothing wrong with loving your church if you understand that what you're really loving are the people and Jesus and the presence of God. I've known, I've known people that, that, that get so church-oriented that they lose their kingdom values. Okay? Now, am I saying don't love Bible Assembly? No, I'm not saying that at all. I do. And do I think it's great? Yeah. Why? Because God's here. And, and because we love the Lord. But we're not exclusive, folks. We don't have a corner on the market. Anytime we value a building, a program, a, a, a pastor, I don't have to worry about you valuing the associate pastor. But <laughs> you, you, you see, our, our whole focus is, 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 is kingdom values. But again, as, as, I, as I said, a good belief system and a good value system, there's more. And that's what Karen said, this attitude. Let's talk about attitudes. An attitude can overshadow orthodox beliefs and even godly values. Philippians 3, 12 through 21. It's about two pages back. Philippians 3, beginning with verse 12. 
forgot? Not that I have already obtained this or been perfected, but I press on, if only I might take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself as having taken hold of this, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal of the reward of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Therefore, let all who are mature have this attitude. And if you have a different attitude in anything, this also God will reveal to you. Nevertheless, let us live up to the same standard we have attained. Brothers and sisters, Join in following my example and notice those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk who are enemies of the cross of, of Christ. I have often told you about them and now I am even weeping as I tell you. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and their glory is in their shame. They set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven and from there we eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. He will transform this humble body of ours into the likeness of his glorious body through the power that enables him even to put all things in subjection to himself. One thing I do, Paul says, a single-minded attitude, and the, that one thing is the pursuit of God's will. Now, you know, when I was reading this, this sounds like he's talking about pagans. He's talking about Christians. He's talking about some believers who have gone astray because of their attitude. Have this attitude, he says. One thing. Attitude is essential. No matter our confession of faith, or our value system, if we pursue anything other than giving back to him the free will choices that he gave to us, we will be diverted off of the narrow path that he put us on. Here's the key. Every day, every moment, we walk in the heavenly realm. We we are citizens of the kingdom. And, and we need to walk in the kingdom of God and not in the kingdom of this world. Um, this means having the same attitude as Jesus had who didn't believe that he had to, to cling to anything, even his power as God. But he released it in thanksgiving. A lifestyle, folks. That's what he wants. A lifestyle of orthodox beliefs, yes. Of good values, yes. And of an attitude of gratitude. An attitude that, that says, I, can, I don't have to cling to anything. I can, I can let go. I can be free. Nothing I have is mine. 
Nothing I have uh, do I have to worry about losing. It's all the Lord's. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And it's because he loves us. It's because that he wants the very, very best for us. That he says, look, I'll give you anything you need. If you abide in me, and if my word abides in you, he says in John 15, verse 7, you can ask anything. I'll create it for you. Your heavenly Father loves you so much. So much. But you see, this abiding in him means that you've released it all. All of it. Your thoughts. <laughs>